0: Financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsource solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsource solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716 716- 630 2400 Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome to a snowbound edition of Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic here at uh, packed in Graham Central Station have not left my house in a few days. Like many of you listening to this, probably Jonah Bronstein Bronstein of the new Bronstein times has not left his chair uh, since Thursday. Uh, He's also been snowbound worse than I, uh, from what I understand. Uh, You were just telling me before I hit the record button that you had to take your, well, explain what you had to do with your, your picture window. So you could get around and shovel your door and cause so you could get out of your front door. What, what's this?
1: Well, yeah. Uh, earlier in the storm, uh, well, yesterday I believe was no, no, no. Saturday was when I had to do this. I, well, I live in an upstairs apartment in North Buffalo, one exit, you know, down the stairs out the door and so much snow had drifted up against the outside screen door that it wouldn't open up against, you know, the three and a half, three, four foot snow drift that I had to find a way to remove the storm window and then luckily I had a shovel inside and I was able to reach out the window and shovel the snow while reaching through the door enough that I could push the door open so that, you know, if I had to emergency exit, I could at least get the door open. Now there's still way too much snow outside of my house for me to really get out and go anywhere. But I, I just had to clear, you know, the, the potential of being able to get out in an emergency, which, you know, a lot of people, I, I still have power. And if I had to get out, I could get out and I'm not in any Dire situation. A lot of people have been in dire situations. There's been a very tragic weather event in Western New York and Buffalo. So I don't want anybody to feel too sorry for me. But from a you know, cabin fever, running out of good food to eat, and, and being stuck in this apartment for four days, it has been a uh, uh, you know, a lonely event. We'll say we'll put it that way. But yeah, I, I would yeah. say it's been good for this podcast. We're doing a second episode in the span of four days and right. I do like this better than, you know, I think we drove through several lake effect weather events to get to the radio show back in the past. It seemed like every Wednesday we were having a very treacherous drive home and worse conditions week after week, it got worse, worse and worse. So it is nice that we can do this from the comfort of our own basements and upstairs apartments, instead of having to drive out to the radio station, like we used to do.
0: Yeah, we've been very lucky and um, I don't want to get into, Uh, too much of our situations because everybody has a situation. It almost becomes like talking about your fantasy football team or uh, back in the days when poker was red hot, uh, that bad beat you had in the online game. Uh, Everybody's got the story. Nobody gives a fuck uh, at some point. Uh, We finally got plows at 11 o'clock last night. I have been snowbound. I could not have left if I wanted to. My car, even in my own driveway was in, uh, in, Intractable. Uh, it was. Uh, we have four wheel drive and the whole thing, not a shot, not even a not even a chance of of getting it out of the driveway because the the street hadn't been plowed either. You could look out my front window and across the street into my neighbor's yard. It was all one level because, uh, in, including the street, uh, it was all three or four feet across uh, for several. Well, the, the entire length of the of the road and. So uh, I don't think I could have gotten any traction at all in my four-wheel drive to even get moving. Um, again, I, I, I'm, uh, we all have these stories to tell, or most of us do. Um,
1: yeah, I'm and- not,
0: not asking for any sympathy or,
1: or wanting anything like that. I, but I do think these stories kind of underscore how extreme this weather event has been. Because every other time it snowed, even when we got four or five feet, you know, not that long ago, five, six weeks ago. These type of things didn't happen. This is a, you know, a a new breed of blizzards and winter storms, at least maybe since 1977
0: that that none of us have seen around here. When Wegmans and Tops are closing on Christmas Eve, you know, it's a BFD. Um, You know, that uh, money being left uh, on the table uh, at one of the busiest shopping times of the year, uh, the busiest shopping time of the year. Um, Sorry, guys, we got to close. We can't take your money. Uh, That is how serious this storm was. Yeah, two Sabres
1: Um, games getting postponed, a home game and an away game. I remember going to a game last year that almost nobody could get to, but the game was played. They found ways to get the teams there and the on-ice personnel, and they played the game with virtually nobody in the stands and and almost no media there. They didn't postpone the game, and in this case, uh, they postponed
0: two games now. Yeah, a lot of people in the community are hurting, uh, a lot of frustration, frustration. almost uh, depending on which report, I've seen 30, I've seen 27, but the numbers expected to climb of dead uh, in Western New York uh, from uh, this storm, whether it be people trapped in their cars, uh, people who were out uh, shoveling and had a a cardiac arrest, uh, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, all that, it's it's sad. And uh, I know that uh, for those of you who follow uh, this podcast you probably follow uh, Jonah and I on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I've been having some discussions over the past couple of days regarding the the contradiction uh, that we're seeing in terms of special treatment given to certain people. Uh, and you know I, I, it's just a, I think it's it's troubling and something that I think we need to at least to pause and consider. And uh, sometimes, uh, well, I would say most of the time on Twitter, uh, these conversations uh, get derailed uh, by people who can't understand what I think is a pretty simple concept. Um, And people want to lay on different qualifiers and whatabouts and yeah, buts, uh, or just flat out miss the premise uh, that I do want to break it down a little bit here and have a discussion with you about it, Jonah. Um, and, and what it centers around is, uh, not the bills players getting home. I don't bemoan the bills ability to get home from Chicago, uh, which their game took place on Saturday. They had to wait until Christmas day to fly back from Chicago, uh, into Rochester instead of Buffalo Niagara international airport in Cheektowaga, because that was closed And then the bills, apparently, uh, unlike uh, the rest of us who had to abide by the travel bans that were in place throughout Erie County and interstate closures and state highway closures, were able to bus from Rochester to the airport in Cheektowaga, get in their cars and go home, most of them to the South Towns, all under a travel ban. Um, While the rest of us were stuck at home, and being threatened by the county executive of being fined uh, threats of employers for making their people go out uh, uh, in travel bans. Um, You cannot uh, go to work unless you are an essential employee. You can't tell your uh, people they have to come to work, all these other things. Whether you live in a travel area or your job or the place you're going is in a travel ban area, um so anyway i want to state that i don't bemoan the bills for getting home i'm glad they got home what i do bemoan are two major points number 1 it is uh, mark Polencars, the erie county executive getting pissy uh with people on christmas eve uh with western new Yorkers with his constituents about going out on the roads uh that he couldn't fathom. And I know some of his tweets have been deleted from what I understand. They don't exist anymore in which he was scolding and mocking Western New Yorkers for thinking that they can go out on these roads uh, and they're getting stuck and pretty much shaming them into saying you're, you're paraphrasing here, but calling them dumb uh, for going out in these conditions. Can't even fathom why people would try it on Christmas Eve. People who have loved ones who are sick and elderly and infirmed, or you just want to see grandma uh, because you hadn't, and this is the time you plan to see grandma and take the grandkids to go see grandma on Christmas. Um, People who are alone, people who have no human contact, and this is when they go out and do it. People who are just lonely. Um, And the county executive just can't let me let me just I, don't know. I, I know I'm supposed to concisely put this let me put it in a bow and then we can dissect it um and it was also just a month removed from the Buffalo Bills um glorifying how they with the help of the county were able to get past all those travel bans from a month ago to get to that game in Detroit When Sean McDermott wanted to normalize his practice week, he wasn't going to leave early. So instead, we're just going to go ahead and get out. And Squirrel Winter is going to become a folk hero. And we're going to promote this. And look at this cool, badass shit that we did getting out of Buffalo because we're Buffalo Bills uh, people. And this is what we do here. We get out in this stuff and we defy the elements. Well, and then it comes time. And then the Erie County executive wants to uh, can't understand why people think, well, then I can do that too because I'm a badass Buffalonian. And these are my bills and my bills, I saw them do it. And hell yeah, this is cool thing to do. So that's the first part of it. The second part is bills, go ahead and get home. Get home to your families, do it discreetly. Keep a low profile. Don't rub people's noses in it when you land at the airport, when you are showing yourselves pulling out of, cheek to waga with four feet of snow on the roof of your car. And you think it's hilarious. If you're going to, if you're going to skirt the laws to get home, do it quietly. Don't post it on social media. Don't prove to the world that you don't know how to drive in this shit. Uh, And just, those are my two things. Mark Poland cars. Don't be so quick to criticize people when you yourself are willing to look the other way for special people to be out on the roads. And Bills, don't be so tone deaf when people are literally dying and stuck and first responders can't get to people. The Buffalo Fire Department, for the first time in its history, according to its per, its own historian, says that it couldn't fight fires. It couldn't get to fires for the first time in Buffalo Fire Department history. But we're able to land in Rochester and we're getting in our cars here and we're going bus to bus into travel bands, and we're going to get to Cheektowaga and we're going to scurry to get to our fans. And I'm glad that they could be with their, with their people or with their families, I should say, not their fans. And I'm glad they were able to do that. But do it quietly. It'd be like a, the cop, you know. All right. So this is my we, we, we beat the blizzard of 77 to get to Disney uh, Disney World uh, when I was a kid in Cleveland. And this is a a famous story in our family. The blizzard was coming. We had these plans to go to Disney World. And my dad, we we were scooped up. We 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 didn't even know what was happening. My mom getting us in the car. We're like, what is going on? This blizzard's coming. Your father needs to get us out of here. And I recall my dad having to flash his Cleveland Police Department badge at the interstate. And he said, I know what I'm getting into. We are getting out of here because the interstate was closed. I seventy seven or I seventy one, whatever that was, and my dad had to flash his badge and say, "We're getting out of here." Well, could you imagine on Facebook or on Twitter, me telling that story? Hey, sorry everybody back in Cleveland, I'm down here in Disney World because my dad flashed his badge and he got special privileges uh, because that's what happened. People look the other way for for people with special access. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent now. It's just two things: don't scold people for being in misery when you let other people do it number two if you do get a chance to do it don't advertise
1: it yeah and i i guess i would just add you know i kind of applaud you for your take and because i think it's our role as you know journalists and uh critical media and and in your case to you know speaking truth to power to call these things out because there's a lot of celebration in the fan base and other forms of the media. I think Adam Schefter retweeted the video without, con- without any context and it, without the same context that I think was appropriate that, that maybe you would have put on there. And it just kind of feeds into this culture of, uh, you know, the bills almighty and, and everything that the Buffalo bills do in this town is more important and exceptional than what other citizens and other businesses and other uh Parts of the community. And it's probably like that in all NFL cities. Doctors
0: but. and nurses needed the National Guard, not in all cases, but in some cases at the local hospitals to get them to their shifts and to relieve people from other shifts. Um. Again, I, I just think it's again, maybe this is just all about public relations and. Maybe that's, it's a public relations discussion that we're having here more than me being offended that the bills actually tra- broke a travel ban. I'm not. I think people can drive in this so if you know what you're doing. And if you have the precautions of charter buses and police escorts and who's paying for those, uh, you know, are the taxpayers paying for the bills to get sh- sh- safely shuttled? Uh, that parking lot in Cheektowaga looked like it was cleaned down to the asphalt pretty well. At a time when the airport was supposedly closed, um, who who did that? I mean, what what resources were diverted? You know, what front loaders were used to get these Bills players out? I don't know. I'm just asking. But these are the things that questions that happen when you see the videos. You're gonna post a video of it. Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that. Well, I'm you know, uh, or me, and I'm just saying me. We're lucky. I didn't lose my power. But imagine you're thumbing through Twitter as you as some people who they've been doing. You lose your power and you're going sitting out in your car so you can plug your phone in and run your engine so you can get heat, Um, and you're thumbing through social media and and you get to see uh, Mark Polancar is telling you you're an idiot for being out in this weather and then here are the Bills uh, reveling in it and they think it's hilarious listening to the players laughing in the background, uh, you know taking the video of getting off the plane and the fans in Rochester they weren't under travel ban by the way in Rochester but just like the the, the worship of come and get what you need guys. And, and the guys saying, I am going to take what I need. Um, it is, I don't know. Again, uh, it's,
1: you know, I agree with you. And I it, also agree not to necessarily bemoan the bills and the players. Cause I think, you know, they, people are going to, I would have done the same thing through. if I were on That's the team,
0: right. I would have tried to get home to my sure. family. I would have said, fuck this. And unless the coach is going to fine me for leaving this group, I'm going to get in the, and I'm going to try it. Um, Because I have four wheel drive and I have, I have this big truck because a lot of these guys have vehicles that can somewhat handle it, but fire trucks were getting stuck. I don't think that whatever uh, the bill, the richest bills players are driving, whatever pickup trucks they're in are more powerful than a, than a, than a fire engine. The National Guard had, there was some, it was kind of comical, the Hamburg Police Department had SWAT vehicles, which I thought was kind of funny, but it looked like it was finally being put to use, pulling heavy equipment, heavy vehicles, plows were getting stuck. Anyways, I'm getting worked up here, but it's just the silliness of the optics. How can you be so tone deaf? I think that is is what I marvel at. It's not that they would break the law. Special people get to break the law all the time. I get it, but don't just be so tone deaf as to advertise it and just say how great it is that we're getting, that we're doing this while nobody else can.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, as as I said, and you said, the, the players were probably going to find their way to do this anyways. And if you know the county executive or the police had ticketed all the players, whatever the the fines or the penalties for that, all of them could afford it. Without really probably even noticing it, uh, you know, being docked out of their paycheck. But anything, I, if the organism, from an organizational standpoint, I think the Bills could have maybe read this a little bit better had they stayed in Chicago uh, for another day, had they stayed in Rochester for the day, or maybe kept the players at the facility uh, throughout, you know, until the roads were clear and the driving bans were lifted. Uh, they could have set an example. They could have put out some PSAs. There could have been some you know, social media videos from prominent players telling people not to go out in this weather, to stay home, that, hey, we're the Buffalo Bills and we're staying in Rochester, we're staying in Chicago. It would have been, you know, a, a tough personal situation for all these players and uh, members of the team to not be able to get home for Christmas and be with it the It would family. have been an
0: admirable organizational message to send to an entire region that is confused, frustrated, and hurting that we are, we are, even we are doing this. We have the means to get home. We are wealthy enough to get home, but we're choosing not to, because we know that you can't go see your loved ones. We know that you're stuck at home. We know that EMS cannot make it down your street. And if there is a medical emergency, you're stuck. You know, I, I saw that one of the most common refrains when I mentioned some of this on Twitter about, Hey, let's maybe, you know, rethink this the next time around and and be a little smarter about it well it, the the general response is well what do you want the bills to do they were just trying to get home no shit same as everyone else that's the whole point like
1: <laughs> well and and some of the people the the individuals in western new york that got stranded might have been going out in very uh, for very serious reasons they might have lost power and been trying to get to a safer location or they might have been there might have been a med- medical emergency or out trying to get important medicine that they had ran out of. I mean, I don't think everybody that went out and, and got stranded and abandoned their car was out joyriding or out trying to ignore travel bans for frivolous reasons. There was probably very
0: yeah everything was even situation. closed. I mean, maybe there were some people who didn't know that the Galleria Mall was closed and was on there. It uh, was on their way to the Galleria Mall to do their last minute shopping, or to Wegmans. But everything was closed. There was nowhere to go unless you had to go somewhere unless you were desperate. Generally.
1: And it's a pattern. I mean, you mentioned two weeks ago or however, five weeks ago, the game before Thanksgiving, uh, you know, there was some, the players were dug out and moving in a travel band to get to that game. There's also a game last week when we didn't get quite as much snow before and during the game as we was forecasted. But after the game, there was a lot of snow. There was really no consideration to moving that game to Sunday or doing anything about playing that game in a severe weather event. It's just, Playing these football games, filling the television windows for the football games, and doing whatever it takes to get the players to and from the games uh, supersedes everything else. Uh, Safety be damned. You know, the most important thing is that these NFL television shows get played in their proper time slots on schedule. And maybe that's the way it is from the NFL's perspective, but I think us in the media have to kind of call out the absurdity of that and not bow down and genuflect to everything that an NFL team does just because they're popular or make some sort of ridiculous assertion that they're essential workers because of how popular <laughs> this form of entertainment is. I, I think it's, as you said, it's the optics and the way certain people react or didn't react to it properly that I think is more offensive than what actually happened.
0: The NHL there. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, I, we try to I've I'm, I'm always been about transparency here. Uh, but so You know, we could just say there was some bonehead out there that talked about the Bills being essential workers and that they should be allowed to violate the travel ban. And what's the big deal? It was Alan Pergament, who's the the media critic for the Buffalo News. Well, I I think then that I would like to see Alan write a column about how the NHL itself has declared it is not as essential uh, because it is canceling games uh, to abide by Buffalo's travel bans. two games already that have been postponed. Uh, One of them, uh, the game uh, tomorrow night against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, doesn't have a date yet. So the NHL is not arrogant enough to say we are essential. It is saying we're going to stand down on this. Uh, You know, we don't don't think this is smart. Um, And again, it's, uh, I just, I'm amazed that the county executive Uh, And you mentioned all these things. It is celebrated. It is celebrated how we do not let winter conquer us. And here is Squirrel uh, digging out the star quarterback to get him to the Browns game in Detroit. uh, And look at all these things that we do. And then the county executive just to be so absent minded as to then wonder out loud why would people think they could be out in this? why wouldn't they? The messaging in this area has been, you you are indefatigable. You cannot be pushed down by this snow. And look at all your heroes who come out. Look at how heroic it is to overcome this. They're all out there in it. Why can't I be out there in it? If I want to go see my grandmother, if this guy can go play a football game, why can't I go see my grandmother, who I, who I see... Um, you know, maybe only two or three times a year. And Christmas is one of those times and she's waiting for me and she's made the turkey and she's sitting there all by herself wondering when I'm going to get there. And she's alone and damn it, I- I'm going to try it. Oh my God. What, what a moron that guy must've been to try to get to his grandmother on Christmas Eve. Anything else on this, Jonah?
1: No, I just think we should, you know,
0: compliment the bills on it good game at Chicago and they played pretty well. They did. And I also get that Bill's fans want their boys to be safe and prepared for the next game because it's a big one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Although I do think that trying to be prepared to the T and normalize your week uh, is what created part of this mess uh, heading into that Browns game that got moved to Detroit because the Bills refused to leave early. Uh, and that's what forced them to end up breaking all the travel bans and needing special help, and from the county and uh, from the sheriff's department to to get these guys out. And you had Sean McDermott picking up players even with a camera. There were cameras all around. The camera get to keep the team camera people were able to get out too and film all this shit. Uh, they were able to get out there um, and to pick up all these players and get them to Detroit for that Browns game um, because McDermott wanted to normalize his week. He wanted to leave on the day that they normally leave. So anyways, I don't think that getting there – and then they go and they beat the hell out of the Browns anyway, just like the Bills beat the hell out of the Jets all those years earlier um, when Doug Marone was the coach and they didn't practice, just like the Tennessee Titans beat the hell out of the Bills – After not practicing for a week and a half. Hell, just like Jeff Saturday won his first game as an NFL coach, despite having three days of practice. But you got to be the routine is sacrosanct. Uh, You got to mind that routine. And so we got to get those Bills home uh, so they can prepare for a game that is on Monday night anyway. And you got an extra day for it, but we got to get them home so they can be there and get ready. All that said, it is a big game, Joan, a potential uh, playoff preview against Joe Burrow and the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals, who've won seven in a row, who seem to have fixed their line problems, friend, when we uh, watched them uh, together in very colorful circumstance early in the season, uh, be uh, totally dominated along their offensive line. Uh, they figured that out. Uh, the Bills uh, have uh, what I consider a little bit of a tag team aspect von miller tag tapped out uh, uh a white uh, tapping in um and uh, the the bills pass rush losing a little bit but it's pass coverage gaining a little bit uh, against a team in which ha- has uh, three of the most uh, dangerous uh, receivers on one team in the entire league so um there is a lot of football to talk about uh although i do think that uh getting that extra day in your bed is a little overrated just to kind of mesh uh, the, the previous angle into to where we're headed now talking about the Bills. Absolutely. So, big game. We'll talk – I guess we'll talk about that later. We'll have another podcast later in the week. Uh, University of Buffalo football, they also got out of town on Thursday for their bowl game. Uh, Jonah, what's uh, – and Mo Linguist. He had to worry about uh, his wife delivering a child uh, with all of this going on. Well, yeah, well, so Mo
1: wasn't, I, I believe the child was born on Thursday. Uh, and as Moling was tweeted out, it was the, uh, you know, the, the top commit of his recruiting class after signing 20, 20 players on Wednesday and a few more trickled in over the last few days during this period. But his, his big get was uh, his first son being born. That happened on Thursday. Then the team left Thursday night down to Montgomery, Alabama, preparing for the Camellia Bowl. And he had tweeted today that uh, he had some neighbors that helped shovel out his driveway and allow, and I believe, picked his wife up at the hospital and, and helped her get home with the newborn baby. Um, so you know, maybe I, I, I can draw a distinction there. I think between you know what I, I did, I thought was a little bit unbecoming of. You know, having the neighbors dig Josh Allen out and not, or really any of the Bills players. I think this is a little different when you're talking about a pregnant woman whose husband's off working in another state. But, uh, you know, there are cases where, you know, it is um, noble and uh, city of brotherly lovery. That's, that didn't come out the way I thought it would, but um, Buffalonian and Western New York style for for us to help our neighbors especially in these snow events um but for more important situations than making sure the football players get to the football game on time uh is not really the most important thing and and I, I guess kudos to UB for reading the situation a little bit better and getting on the plane and getting out of town although they left I think the same night that the Bills did but um you know, they didn't have to violate travel bans or break any rules. And I don't think they would have been allowed to. I don't know if a college team would have been.
0: Yeah. Do they get, are they afforded the same uh, benefit uh, because they, their ratings aren't as big. They don't belong to the NFL essential work. If an essential worker is for entertainment value to lift the spirits of a region during a tough time, then the Sabres should be playing. Uh, Then UB should have been allowed to violate travel bans, all that, all that bullshit. That's why it's a bullshit It certainly
1: wouldn't have been celebrated and applauded and turned into viral content in the same way. I, I'd imagine if a lot of college football players were violating travel bans to get home from campus after a bowl game, it, it would draw a lot more criticism than it would from the Buffalo Bills. It also would fly under the radar and get ignored because that's also kind of part of the thing, that everything the Bills do, right or wrong, is you know a major internet story in a way. I don't know if it's always in the traditional media in the same way, but everything that happens with the bills on TikTok or Instagram live uh, turns into a huge event on the internet and with other sports in this market, it's not so much the case. Um, But UB has a, you know, a big game tomorrow, uh, their fifth bowl game in six years. And, you know, it's the bowl game they most recently played in, which they had won with a quarterback, Kyle Vantrese. And now they're playing against that quarterback, Kyle Vantrese. and, And I think that's a bit of a, Notable storyline there in the sense that uh, Kyle Van transferred out of UV um, because I'm not so sure he thought he was still going to be the starter, even though he had been a very effective player, a very winning quarterback for this team over the years. But with a new coaching staff and his, you know, his game was a very good, you know, turnover-free game manager style with a Buffalo team that ran the ball a lot, but he never threw for a lot of yards. And he goes to, uh, you know, Georgia Southern, and he's fifth in the country in passing yards and probably, I don't know, I, I mean, he's raised his NFL prospects. If he doesn't make the NFL, I think he's closer to maybe getting a senior bowl invite and being a player who's considered for the NFL than he was coming out of UB with the stats that he had. And if he caps off his college career with a win against this UB team that I think he felt didn't really believe in him anymore, that, that's kind of a nice story for Kyle Trees. But a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably UB fans that would like to see, UB and their Western New York quarterback Cole Snyder win this game, Uh, and it's an interesting matchup. Two six and six teams, both of them have won this bowl game before, and we'll see what happens. You know, at noon, what is it? You know, I want to say tomorrow, but what day of the week is it? I'm forgetting Tuesday, noon Tuesday. uh, You know, ESPN.
0: Yeah, let me just double check. Yeah, it is on ESPN. Well, of course, uh, we're recording this after midnight, so it is later today. This will be posted, let's just say Tuesday. Sure. Um,
1: So that way we
0: don't have to worry about saying today or tomorrow.
1: You you want me to say Tuesday so you can punch that in on the edit machine? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and and I think another storyline going on with a lot of teams around the country, but definitely UB, is players transferring out, players opting out of bowl games. You know, UB – safety Jamin Muse, who had transferred in from Boston College. He's not going to play in this game Tuesday. And so, you know, UB is not going out there with its best version of its starting lineup or depth chart. They have players that are on the first team on the depth chart that haven't played all season that are going to play in this bowl game on Tuesday. So it'll be an interesting matchup, but it's not necessarily – how it used to be with bowl games where, you know, it was the best of the best going up against each other, the best players. Now it's sort of a, it's the best you can get on the field. UB has had three quarterbacks enter the transfer portal in the last two weeks. One of them, Matt Myers, has already picked his next location down at UT Martin. And they're going to have a walk-on as the backup quarterback for this game. So if these two teams had played in the regular season in September, a lot of players would have been on the field that aren't going to be on the field this game I'm not so sure how that breaks down for Georgia Southern but I know that's the case with a lot of teams around the country especially teams that aren't playing in college football playoff games if you're playing in one of these non-New York New Year's Day bowl games you don't always get your best players uh, on the field playing for you and UB went through this a couple of years ago Jared Patterson had an injury probably could have played through that if he really wanted to but it wasn't in the best interest of his future NFL career to do that and he didn't play in that game and be won without him man.
0: And if you happen to be watching this game because you have nowhere to go and you're stuck and maybe you're not a big college football fan, maybe you just follow the NFL or you're listening to this podcast as a Sabres fan or whatever. There's all kinds of reasons you could be listening to this podcast and not know much about UB football. Um, Tell the listeners about Damian Jackson. Oh, well, Damian
1: Jackson is a – uh, he starts at defensive end, and he's also a long-snapping prospect. He's not UV's number one long snapper. but He's an ex-Navy SEAL. He transferred in from Nebraska. He's 30 years old. I would direct people to John Waro's AP feature on him. That's uh, you know, If you're looking for a good place to read that, I would suggest WIVB.com. And he has an interesting story. And I think beyond that, I would maybe say go read John Waro's story. But he has an interesting background and an interesting personality. He's only been on this UB team for one year, and he's played a lot more lately than he did earlier in the season. Um, but he is an interesting personality an interesting storyline. I think you'll probably see some kind of television package in the ESPN broadcast associated with that. He's an individual who has turned down media requests all season long and, and opportunities to write about him until this bowl game. So it's worked out well for the bowl game promotion, and it's because you know he's hoping to make it into the NFL as a long snapper, I've never seen him long snap the ball. And, and I've always wondered about that. I mean, can you watch a guy and be like, that's a professional long snapper? Um, right. know, I don't know. Is it the speed? Is it the the movement on the ball? Is it the spin rate? I'm not so sure what, what we're I measuring. think it's
0: the consistency is huge.
1: Yeah. And so for a guy when- that's never done it before or hasn't really been doing it a lot, and that's an interesting um situation, but he's, he's been a good defensive end when he's played at that point, you know, Uh,
0: Nate Boyer, who uh, was an advisor to Colin Kaepernick during the uh, national anthem. uh, I should say the, the protesting during the national anthem. I almost, I had to catch myself there because that's a trick that a lot of people like to say. He was not protesting the national anthem. He was protesting during the national anthem, but anyway, Nate Boyer was a former green beret, uh, who cut a, uh, a path that um, Damian Jackson hopes to follow in that he was a much older player after serving in the Army and the Green Beret and uh, then um, becoming a long snapper in the NFL. Wait, is the Green Beret Army or is that the Marines? Let me. D- I should know this. I don't know, but my guess would be Army. It's the Army. It is the Army. Okay. Um, I thought that was, but then I just wanted to check myself before I wrecked myself. Uh, Jonah, we don't have any Sabres to talk about since the last podcast, and we're going to talk Bills later on in the week uh, when we preview a little bit more of this Bengals matchup. Uh, anything else you want to get to here uh, before we yeah, wrap well, up?
1: Well, let me mention one thing. It happened last week or happened within the last couple of weeks, but a young Buffalo Public Schools graduate of Hutch Tech, Abdi Salim, won a national championship playing soccer, men's soccer for Syracuse University. He's the first Buffalo soccer player to win a national championship or the College Cup, as they call it. He might be the first Western New Yorker. That was a little tough to verify. But you
0: wrote I- a story about that for WIVB.com. I did. I did.
1: And it turned out that, uh, you know, a week after winning the NCAA championship, he was drafted number 17 overall in the MLS draft or the MLS super drafted it's called. So he's the second Western New Yorker, the first Buffalonian to be drafted. And he was drafted higher than Liam Callahan from Sweet Home a few years back. So he's the highest drafted soccer player from Western New York and the first, possibly the first Western New Yorker to win an NCAA championship. So it a nice kind of feather in his cap. And I think kind of a moment for local soccer that, that somebody from Buffalo, he kind of came up in the Buffalo clubs, the Lackawanna Yemeni club, and, you know, it's, I think it's a good feel-good story for any inner-city kids, inner-city soccer, youth development. He wasn't in the pay-to-play systems, and he worked his way up to a very prominent – he was a Buff State player for a year, transferred from Buff State over to Syracuse, overcame a knee injury, didn't play the past two seasons before this one, and then was a starting defender, and now he's, you know, going to be an Did MLS. Did
0: COVID help him out in terms of eligibility?
1: Well, it, it could, but I think he's going to be a pro now.
0: No, what I'm saying is because of the knee injury, did that, would he Uh, have needed to file for it under, under other, uh, under normal circumstances, would he had needed to petition for an extra year?
1: Well, this was, this is his fourth year out of college. So this would have been his true senior year, but if he, and he could stay at Syracuse and and not go to the MLS right away. Gotcha. So he can still use that COVID year and a medical retro year. Actually, he could probably play two more college seasons, but, being drafted in the first round of the MLS draft, unless he performs poorly at the training camp or something like that. I mean, I think he's now going to be a professional soccer player four years out of high school, but the COVID year could help him have a longer college career if he chose
0: to. What a story.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, and I hadn't heard of him until right into the lead up of that uh, national championship. I think the semifinal, I kind of became aware of him, and then to go out and win and be a prominent player for them. And, And then be drafted i I was surprised to then see that and i I saw a mock draft and i saw him uh projected to go 19th and i saw another mock draft where he wasn't even on it and i said "Eh, i'm not so sure about that but i'll i'll use that to write my story about him and then he goes 17th even higher and and, you know i I think there's a proud moment for a lot of people in buffalo soccer it's a it's a popular sport in this town it's a there's a good soccer community but i don't know if buffalo's really known We're producing a lot of soccer players or in a way it is, but not at this level, not professionals and players that go to big time colleges and win national championships. So this is a kind of a beacon for other players to to maybe follow that light.
0: What do you think Buffalo is best at when you're talking about high school sports and producing? You know, whether it be. Division one athletes slash professionals, not every sport is professional, so maybe we want to remove that Uh, because obviously the NFL and the NBA are the highest profile, but what is Buffalo's best high school sport? Is it lacrosse? It does well with lacrosse,
1: especially maybe not being in one of the super hotbeds, you know, but if you compare it to maybe like Syracuse, Long Island, some other areas, it's not producing as many college lacrosse players, but lacrosse is probably a good one. Um, I think it does pretty well with volleyball. They got, especially women's volleyball, they got a nice club program down Niagara Frontier in the Hamburg-Eden area. Um, but to be honest, I write a lot of these stories in, in almost every sport. Uh, West New York is framed as an under-recruited area where we have more talent than the number of college scholarships that come out of here, especially in football and basketball. The bigger the sport, it seems like the harder it is for Western New Yorkers to uh, you know make it to the next level. And, and I think maybe that's population-based, and some people have different reasons why Football players don't get the same opportunities that they get in other sports and basketball hockey. I think this is probably a strong market for producing young hockey players, but they go off and play juniors at young ages. And sometimes it's a little hard to, to follow them and really have the same type of stories. Of yeah,
0: They kind of splinter off at a, at a younger age and go and go do their thing in other places. Yeah,
1: it's a little hard for me to say because I, I, it's one of these things where I don't know.
0: It was just a whatever. question that popped into my head. I, I just wanted yeah, to get well, your kind yeah, of your off-the-cuff take on
1: it. Well, like I said, I think it's an interesting question because I could kind of think of which sports seem to produce the most or, you know, which which sports have somebody every year. Because, you know, in football, we don't always have Division One players. Bennett having two Division One signees on the same team, that's kind of a rarity uh, in Western New York. But I don't know what every other sport and every other city is doing. So I don't know what what's a lot and what's a little and, and how do you adjust for population and things like that. Um, so, but, you know, a lot of these sports, I know like, like baseball is kind of going through a moment where there's been a lot more players either drafted or going to bigger colleges or even like the high volume of players that a lot of them come through the Niagara County Community College Program and then go off to play college baseball. So that seems to be, uh, just anecdotally what I've heard, more and more college baseball players being produced year after year. Um, soccer, I think on the women's side there's more, and on the men's side there's a little bit less of the Division One college soccer players, but a lot of it's just talent. I mean, kids got to be born with the ability to be scholarship athletes in a way, and, and you can develop the talent, and you can get the exposure and the recruiting and things like that. Um, but some of it just comes down to, you know, height and weight and speed and being a division one body. You know, a lot of these athletes in a lot of sports are very good and very talented and very smart players, but don't have division one physical attributes. I think in basketball, you know, we have not had very many division one basketball recruits. We probably had more on the women's side than the men's side lately. Um, And there's a lot of, people saying reasons why with the AU programs and things like that. But really, I think it just comes down to, we haven't had, you know, too many Bob Laniers come through the high schools these days. If We had
0: Christian brothers. Leitner. Yeah. Yeah. We had six, 10 guys. That could there are big the ones though. I mean, there are the Buffalo does have some
1: big ones. Yeah. Well, Greg Oden was born in Buffalo. I mean, sometimes you have these guys and sometimes you
0: don't. Yeah. It's funny though. That's not <laughs> when Buffalo does have a basketball recruit, it's a big freaking recruit. I mean, it's a, Huge deal. Well, I mean, I
1: Roddy Gale's at Ohio State this year. He's a freshman. He's a Niagara Falls native who played his last couple of years at Louport. He's probably one of the best ones we've had in a long time. Jordan War is an NBA player, but coming out of high school, wasn't a really highly recruited player. He went to a prep school and then went to Louisville and, and was a bit of a late bloomer. But most all of the best basketball players in Western Europe over the last decade, decade and a half, have had to go to a prep school or a junior college or were lightly recruited. It's very rare that we've had kind of blue chip players other than Roddy Gale. Um, the best players have either been mid-major players or even, you know, excellent players that were player of the year and kind of had no scholarships and had to go to prep schools or junior colleges and uh, scrap their way to the Division One ranks. And Jordan war is in the NBA, and he's the only one other than Jalen Morris, who was a Division II college player and a late bloomer who made his way into the G League and has played some NBA games. But other than that, those are the only locals
0: playing NBA basketball right now. Glad I asked. Jonah, thanks for this. Thanks to everybody for checking out this podcast. You're probably not doing it uh, uh, shortly after this gets uh, posted online. You're probably doing it at a reasonable hour. But as far as recording this is concerned, this has been an edition of Tim Graham and Friends After Dark, brought to you by CTBK CPAs and Business Consultants, and I thank you all for checking it out. Happy holidays, uh, as you're still having them. Uh, Stay safe, stay warm, and uh, don't do anything stupid. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara communities through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2022 to help keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed, Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400 and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.